Good morning. This little opening that I have stems a lot of from, again, my, my father passing away back in September, um, and then the finality of life, um, and then going through his stuff. And in light of that, reading a book called The Finish Line by Robert Walgamuth. Robert Walgamuth lost his wife back in 2014, ended up marrying Nancy Lay DeMoss, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth now, godly man. So I'm going to read some verses. We'll start there, and then I will stick with my script. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Psalm 39, 4. Lord, make me to know mine end, the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. James 4, 13 through 15. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. One more Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou know not what a day may bring forth. Our life is short. Again, this has been very apparent in my family's life. My dad passing away in September. Uh, one of his friends, uh, Tom, who was at the visitation, passed away in November. Um, a good friend of ours, uh, Russ, found out he passed away back in August. That was a hit to us. Um, we have a friend at the Family Vision that lost her mom in December. And then another friend, actually it's my boss, lost his mother this month. And I'm not trying to draw this out and be dramatic, but to deal with reality. The end of our life, our lives will come, and before we know it, we will be at the finish line. As Randy has mentioned a few, he mentioned a few weeks ago, we want to finish well. Is that not our desire? Recently, a truth was brought to mind that I wanted to share regarding considering our end. Let me read the verses first. Again, keeping in mind those verses as far as our life is a vapor and it comes quick. Luke 12, 2, three, three, two, uh, 2 and 3. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear and closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Luke eight sixteen through 17. No man, when he has lit a candle, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And then 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, 
who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. I'm going to read a, a few pages from this book, The Finish Line. And the title of this chapter is No More Secrets. Interesting. The first two comments at the beginning, First Chronicles 22.5, so David made extensive preparations before his death. But the other one, it's one of those to think about. It's from Mr. Wagamu's personal journal back in September of 2014. I bought a casket today. Given my lifetime line of work, this is Wagamuth, I've had the privilege of meeting a number of well-known people. Frankly, I confess that it's always been a challenge to not mention the names of these individuals in casual conversations, clearly with the intent of oppressing whomever I was speaking to. Sometimes they seem impressed. More often, they change the subject to something about which they actually cared. World-renowned thinker, apologist, speaker, and author, Ravi Zacharias, was my friend. By that, I don't mean we met once in a green room. He really was my friend. As a teen living in India, Ravi was converted to Christ under my father, Samuel Wagamu's ministry. They were very close. Ravi and I often remarked that we shared a father, mine by flesh and blood, his spiritually. My own siblings and their mates also had this visceral connection with Ravi and his wife, Margie. As his literary agent, I was involved in nearly every book he wrote, negotiating along with my colleagues the publisher's contracts. Ravi and I texted often, even when he was globetrotting, especially when he was globetrotting. The week he died in the spring of 2020, I studied photos his family posted on social media, especially the ones at the close of his life, and I wept at the sight of my failing friend. I spoke at length by phone with Margie. She was, of course, crushed by the passing of her beloved. I prayed with her. But in the months that followed, troubling things about Robbie began to surface. Like what happens when you notice one of the front wheels of your car pulling right or left, showing signs of misalignment. Troubling news began to seep from his ministry associates and bad news about a life that seemed Robbie was living in the dark. It was clear that neither anyone in his family nor ministry colleagues had any idea of this shadowed stuff. As the awful accounts of his hidden life surfaced, many hearts broke, not just for the millions who had been impacted by his brilliance and his winsomeness, but for me. Although not by any stretch as much as his family suffered, I hurt. I haven't felt a thin slice of a trail. I mention Robbie for one reason only. It's the point of this chapter, a point I hope you and I never forget. When we die, people are going to go through our things, lots of people, all our things, every single shred of everything, stuff we squirreled away, in desks, in closets, or in cardboard boxes in the attic, or basement, or in storage. These are going to be foraged. This includes receipts we've saved and other scraps of paper hiding in shoeboxes. 
This treasure hunt also includes electronic documents, things we've done online, people we've spoken to or emailed or texted will come forward, disclosing words we spoke or wrote to them. And Jesus referred to this unvarnished reality quote. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms, in the inner rooms, will be proclaimed from the roofs, Luke 12. The first sentence of a little song we sang in Sunday school reminded us. We pretended our index finger was a candle, and our other hand a bushel cupped over the candle. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Again, Jesus said, quote, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open, Luke 8. In the context of the hiding of our stuff, while we're alive and the truth that people will comb through everything after we're dead, these verses together are like a fastball screaming toward our chins, a wake-up call on steroids, because He is God Jesus knows about folks pilfering through our goodies after our bodies are no longer 98.6 degrees. When we're dead, there will be no more secrets. The message here could be several fold. First, I could encourage you to do a really good job of destroying documents and things or putting them in a place where no one will find them. Maybe digging a hole in the remote forest and burying them. Neither of these are what I have in mind. Second, and this really is the message, turn the light on while you're alive. Search these things. How much better for you to be holding the flashlight as the living peel back through your life? There are menacing things that surely will be tangled without your explanation, but don't wait until you can't explain them. And there may be, will be, things to confess. How would you fare if someone were to go through the record of your life? All your possessions, books, magazines you've read, the movies you've rented, financial records, tax returns, journals, calendar, phone bills, correspondence, texts, emails, a record of all your cell phone and internet activity. The sobering thing is that once you you and I are dead, they will. The preacher Vody Bauckham has warned in a sermon before, quote, you're going to die. The world will keep on spinning, and someone else is going to get all your stuff. Maybe said another way in light of, all, of the truths we've just considered, you're going to die. The world will keep on spinning, and someone else will go through your stuff. Second Peter 1, 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy wherein to You do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. I just wrote down, you need a flashlight. It's for us and for me. Inevitably, we're going to pass. We want to finish well. Let's do that. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. For the warnings. We thank you for your word. We thank you for godly men that get in our face and tell us the truth. 
Lord, help us as even as we worship today. God, as we sing praises unto you and the truths that are about the lyrics, we consider you, call out to you. God, help us to live that godly life we need to. God, as the word is preached, help us to take it to heart. God, give us ears to hear. God, you're good. Grateful for this church family. Help us to love one another, pointing each one of us to you. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.